Welcome to this episode of the Raising Kilim podcast. My name is Marsh Naidu and I blog at RaisingKillen.org where we curate resources for parents raising children with developmental delay and disabilities. As always, remember the content on this podcast is purely informational and if you seek advice for your specific situation to contact a trained professional. Today's episode is brought to you by Move Up Physical Therapy, a private practice in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, owned and operated by Rebecca Renfro. Rebecca, thank you so much for believing in the work we do and your sponsorship. We are getting ready for summer and talking all things camping. Today, we are joined by Mark Price of Camp Conquest in Millington, Tennessee. So guys, grab your cup of coffee, put your feet up and get ready for some awesome conversation. Mark, welcome to the Raising Killing podcast. We are so honored to have you here with us today. Guys, Mark Price is actually joining us from an organization called Camp Conquest. And uh, today we just want to hear all that we possibly can from you, Mark, about the camp. Um, Before we kind of head in that direction, though, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the origin story that went into starting Camp Conquest. Absolutely, and thank you, Mark, for having me on the program. Uh, back in 2010, um, we had we knew a family that had a young boy that, um, a sweet boy, very sweet boy, and he was, he's autistic, and, but they always struggled to find caretakers for him in the summertime, and they both worked, so they couldn't take time off. And because he would like to bite and kick, pinch, slap. So after a few weeks, they would have to change caretakers. And it just, I remember the mom was in tears talking about what that summer was going to look like uh, coming up. And I just, on the way home, I remember thinking, what would it look like to have a place for kids like that to go in the summertime? So I... Over that weekend, I drew out a map of what a camp would look like, and that ended up in a, my desk drawer. And when you, we were moving, so when you, you know, when, when you sell your house and you move, you touch everything you own to pack it up. And I'm looking at that map, and my wife came into the office there and said, "What is that?" And I said, "Well, it's that map of that camp." And she said, "Well, why don't you do something about it instead of sticking it back in a drawer?" So um, I said, okay. So after we moved, we got settled into the new house. I was a commercial insurance broker. So I knew how to write the insurance for a camp, but I didn't know how to start one. But I knew enough to call camps around the country that served that community. 
And so I made several phone calls, Johnny and friends in California, uh, Camp Twin Lakes in, in Georgia. And one of those camps was Camp Barnabas out of Purdue, Missouri. And Camp Barnabas was on Extreme Home Makeover in 2005, multiple locations around the country, very successful camp operation. And so I had several discussions with the founders, Paul and Cindy Tease. And amazingly, after several discussions, they, they guided us on what type of campground to look for. And we identified three, and they offered to come to Memphis to help us pick the campground. And this was in 2010. They said, they said, what if we brought a leadership team to Memphis for the first couple of years to get you started? And so that's what happened. In 2011, Camp Barnabas came to Memphis and helped us establish a camp for special needs and disabilities here. They came back again in 2012, and then we created Camp Conquest in 2013. So it it all started on a piece of paper and just, uh, it just you know, God blossomed and it blossomed into what it is today. Uh, in our 11th year. Wow, Mark. Uh, Mark, where were your guys originally located at? Because from my understanding, you'll, you'll have your own property now in Millington. But how did that transition happen? Sure. So we rented campground space. Um, for the first three years, we were at a, a really nice campground here in Memphis. But uh, in 2017, we our first camper in an electric wheelchair into camp, and we couldn't even get that into the cabin uh, because the the threshold when you walk into the cabin was so high that we could not get the wheelchair over that. So we made the difficult decision to move to another campground, and we were there for four years renting that campground space, but we couldn't we could not grow. So in 2018, we had 72 campers on a waiting list. And we could not add addition any more weeks at that campground because as soon as we're packing up, another camp is coming, another group is coming in behind us. So we knew then, okay, we have to find our own place. So um, amazingly, my wife, um, I was in the second week of camp and she's searching online and she finds a campground right here in Memphis. The closest campground other than this one was in North Carolina. That's crazy. So, yes. So we found this 78-acre campground that had been sitting empty, just vacant for the last five years. So in August of 2019, we purchased that campground. And it had an existing lodge on it um, with and that has 56 beds, a dining hall, a small lake. And so we made that purchase, and it has been just – it has been a, a wonderful journey since then. Well, I would like to acknowledge uh, Lindsay Hayes, um, a young lady that I know. She's actually a teacher in the Arlington school system. And we were just talking on Monday, Mark. And I'm like, you know, I wish there were camps around our area here in Northwest Tennessee. She said, but, you know, I have a friend whose son goes to a camp right here in Memphis. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so that's how the conversation evolved. And then I'm I'm getting to talk to you today. And uh, I really want to share, Mark, what the camp experience is like for our kids. And my understanding, it's not only kids as well. You also serve adults with disabilities. Yes, we do. And so, so much of what we do, we duplicate what Camp Barnabas does. 
you know, it, Camp Barnabas has been doing this for 30 plus years and they just had so much knowledge. So, so much of what we do, we duplicate that. And so, uh, again, there are over 11,000 camps across the country. And of those 11,000 camps, about 10% of them say that we serve special needs and disabilities. But what those camps, those 1,100 camps, about 95% of them, the campers have to be able to bathe themselves, dress themselves, and feed themselves. And they also age those campers out by the age of 18, 22, or 25. So the, that's, you know, we have a camper that is 61 years old and Jenny has more energy. I, I, I kid you not, more energy than anybody else at camp. I could never imagine telling Jenny that she could not come back to camp. So we will do specific weeks for those age groups. So we have four, so we're adding two more weeks this summer. So we'll have six weeks of camp, four adults, two children. And so we'll do two weeks of adults, then a week of children, and then uh, two more adults, and then a week of children. And so it, again, uh, all these camps that are aging their kids out, and there's several of them within an hour and a half drive of Memphis, and they refer their campers to Camp Conquest once they do age out of that camp. So, so um, for example, as a parent, I'm interested in sending my son to camp. What would that process look like? How do we go ahead um, finding out more about what enrollment is like? Tell us a little bit maybe about the camp and the, the weekly slots. You know, you guys have planned out basically an informa information that a parent may need. Sure. So on our website, um, we sat down many years ago and and we came up with all the different types of questions we've been asked and what parents might want to know about a week of camp and what that looks like. So we've got a lot of those frequently asked questions on our website. And then when they register, when parents go to register their, their camper, um, they can pick the specific weeks. Uh, we have weeks for Down syndrome, weeks for autism, weeks for intellectual disabilities, developmental disabilities. And then once they register that their child, um, they pay that $100 registration fee that goes towards their scholarship. And then they will uh, get in a separate email, a, a welcome packet with a packing list and all the things to bring to camp, things to not bring to camp. And then we will continue that communication up until leading up until camp um, so that they're ready. And, and you know, the, the beautiful thing of it is, um, we have campers that come from within an hour, you know, five minutes down the road and five hours away, uh, even as far away as uh, Michigan, uh, because we are one of around less than 50 camps across the country that serve all ages and all disabilities. So we have campers that come from Texas, Louisiana, South Carolina, Michigan, Florida, and it's and same with volunteers. We have volunteers that come all from all over the country. And again, going back, um, Camp Barnabas taught us that you really should have a one-to-one -one ratio. And so we have practiced that since day one. So for every camper that comes to camp, they are paired up with that counselor for the week. So in a cabin group, we'll have four cappers on the bottom bunks, four counselors on those top bunks, and then two cabin leaders in each group. And so those cabin leaders are there for support, added support, 
to do wheelchair transfers, help with hygiene and bathing, that type of stuff. That was something I was going to touch on uh, in the event that a camper might need assistance with personal care or ADLs, how that would have kind of been set up. Yeah, so that 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 um, helper or missionary or counsellor that is paired up with that child or adult, is that the person who facilitates the activity of daily living or? Yes. So uh, volunteers arrive on Sunday for training. Campers don't arrive until Monday at 4.30. <laughs> so we have a full day plus of training with those volunteers. And we are medical team. So each week of camp, because our parents come with so many medications um, and medical attention, um, we will have a medical team each week of camp and they're volunteers as well. And so um, we will, that medical team will look at the diagnosis for that week and they will, uh, they will, their training will be specific to those uh, diagnosis. And so they'll, we'll, we'll train them on how to properly change a brief or a pull-up. We don't call them diapers. Um, how to properly bathe that camper. So we don't, we don't take the washcloth um, to wash them. We put it. We put it on their hand, and we we help that person. And we have a third three-person rule. So during that training, we we stress that there's a three-person rule at camp. So you are never to be alone with your camper, not in the bathroom, not in the cabin, and you can be off by yourself outside, away from your group, uh, and within eye, you know, so that you can be seen. Um, and just, you know, uh, in our general 10 years, safety, just general safety. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. In our 10 years of operating camp, we have, we have had no accidents nor injuries and that's unheard of in the camp world. And it's, you know, it goes back to that insurance hat that I wore for 24 years, that commercial insurance hat, you know, having that strong risk management program has kept everybody safe. And by having that one-to-one -one ratio, you know, you don't have people getting hurt. You don't, you know, and that's why so many camps around the country, it, it's not, it's not easy to do this because it takes so much manpower to operate a camp like this. So, um, but it, I'll tell you, it's one of the most rewarding things you can do to take that camper, whether they're high functioning or a camper in a wheelchair with a feeding tube and a trach, and you take them and send them down a zip line or put them on a horse or let them shoot archery, uh, canoeing. It's just, it, it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. So, uh, Mark, um, is there anything else that you would like to touch on that you would like listeners to know? And maybe those young people out there listening that may want to even volunteer can, would, is there anything that you would like to let us know? Yes. And that again, because it takes so much manpower. Um, that is one thing that we, our biggest need right now is for volunteers. So each week of camp, um, we need a hundred for each summer. Uh, we need 120 volunteers, and those volunteers range in ages of 13 to 65. -ish. 13 and 14 year olds are they are what we call our conquerors. So they set up and break down activities throughout the day, and then once they're done setting those activities up, 
they are paired up with a cabin group. And so they'll go over and help that cabin group and become support for that group. And then counselors are 15 to 30-ish. And again, they're paired up with that camper uh, for the week. And they get to pick the camper that they're going to spend the week with. Once we assign these volunteers to a cabin group with their cabin leaders, so Monday morning after breakfast, during still during training, they will take their four camper applications and they'll sit down and they'll they'll train over these four campers and their families and um, for safety during the week of camp and their arrival. And then each um, each missionary gets to read through that camper application, all four of them, and then they pick and choose who they want to spend that week with. So the need for those missionaries, those volunteers is very, very strong. And then our cabin parents, our moms and dads, they're there as well as support. They're also paired up with a cabin group and they're there for support throughout the week. Some parents like to be a counselor and if they have that kind of energy, because it does take a lot of energy <laughs> um, just to, you know, to yes. spend that week. And, and and we give them, just to give you an idea of what a, a day of camp looks like. Yes. So we'll get up at 7.30, uh, morning songs are at eight o'clock and we, we have some great camp songs kind of you know move your move your arms move your legs and and kind of get the blood flowing and then 8 30 is breakfast and then we'll go back uh each cabin group will go back to their cabins and clean their cabins and then they'll do a, a morning devotional and then 10 30 is our first activity and so each cabin group will go to a different activity and then 11 30 we switch and go to the second activity lunch is at 12 30 so at 1.15, everybody gets a break. Everybody, the campers go down for a nap and the counselors and volunteers can go down for a nap as well if they like, or they can um, um, go into the, the lounge room or just hang out around camp if they like. At 2.15, we're back up, we're back up again. Uh, I'm sorry, at 2.45, we have snow cones and every afternoon it's beach time. Uh, we have a, a large sandy beach on our lake. And so the kids will go down there and play. They'll fish. They can canoe if they want. And we'll do our afternoon activities. Then 5.30, everybody goes back and gets cleaned up, showered up, and they get their evening um, costume because we'll have different themed parties after dinner each wow. night. So the first the first night, and this is by design, because when you bring uh, 50, 60 people together, a lot they don't know each other or they haven't seen each other in a year. But our first party is a paint party. And so we'll have five big 20-gallon buckets full of different colored paint. And we have squirt sticks, squirt guns, foam balls, all kinds of fun stuff. We have a 100-foot water slide down to the lake. And so everybody's wearing a white T-shirt. And so after dinner, we say, go. And for 45 minutes, everybody's slinging paint. and They're covered in paint. And but the neat thing with this, and this was this was just the aha moment back in in 2013. When I throw a, when I squirt you with paint, or if I throw a foam ball at you and get you wet, now we're friends. So by the end of the night, everybody's best friends, and they're all high fiving and having a great time. And so uh, around eight o'clock, we will do a, a wrap up songs and devotional, and then it's lights out for campers at 10, 10 o'clock. And then uh, a beautiful thing that we do at camp, and again, we all we learned this all from Camp Barnabas, but we do family time. So the <clears throat> the cabin leaders will take the missionaries out and they'll sit in a circle outside the cabin 
and they just talk about their highs and lows. So Marsh, what was your high for the day? And they'll, they'll talk about that. And then they'll, what's, what was your low for the day? And, and I'll tell you, this is a time you can just sit back in the distance um, from afar. And, and I love to do this. And you hear the laughter and then you hear the crying and more laughter. And it, it, it's just so neat because these, these missionaries come thinking, I'm going to love on these kids and I'm going to just, I'm going to give them the best week. But what they don't realize is when they get there, and, and I know you, you see this as well, and, and we do because of our son with Down syndrome, they, they feel this unconditional love back from their camper. And it's just, it, it just touches their heart. I still get, I, I still get emotional when I talk about this because it, every year we see this time and time again. And, you know, the media doesn't paint a pretty picture for our youth, but if you saw the youth that we get, they are, they are phenomenal. The servant leaders that we see coming, coming through camp each and every summer is just, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Mark, for the young people that might be interested in serving as missionaries, how do they start that process? Do they just apply through the website? Is there, uh, is there any cost for them to be a missionary or how does that work? Great question. So, yes, um, again, we sat down several years ago and we have several frequently asked questions on our website. Uh, and then they, could, they would register through the website. Um, and one again, one of the things that we learned early on, our missionaries pay $100 to be there for the week. And since we're a nonprofit, that helps offset our cost for meals. Um, but another thing that it does is it creates it, it creates uh, the skin in the game because, you know, we were told early on, if you're going to tell parents that you're going to have a one to one ratio and they're counting on that, if you have 100 campers show up for a week, you better have that 100 to 110 missionaries there for that week as well. So by charging that fee, yes, it helps us offset those food costs, but it also in all of our 10 years of operating camp, one, we were out for COVID, but nine years of operating camp, we've had less than five volunteer missionaries not show up. And they always called. They would always call to say, hey, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I was, I had back surgery or, or one reason or another. When, you, when I talk to other camps around the country that do what we do, they have camp volunteers that don't show up all the time. And it's, it's such, it puts so much stress on the rest of the group so it's it really helps out so yes they go and, and register online and and then pay that fee mark thank you so much for taking the time to tell us about a uh, camp conquest and uh if you are interested in finding out more about the camp guys please check out campconquest.org mark was it com i'm it's .com. There's okay. a campconquest.org in <clears throat> Pennsylvania that's been around for quite a while. Okay. So that again, guys, is campconquest.com. Um, Mark, you have an amazing day, and we hope to you, see you soon. You too. Thank you, Marsh, and it was really nice meeting you. You too, sir. Thank you for listening along on the podcast today. We sincerely appreciate a rate, review, and a share of the information that we provide to other parents seeking this type of information.
We hope you guys have an amazing summer and be sure to check out Camp Conquest on campconquest.com. Please share your summer adventures with us by tagging us on Facebook at Raising Kellen and we look forward to hearing more about how you'll get to spend the summer. As always, remember, get to the top of your mountain. This is Marsh Naidu signing off.